Welcome to the Future of Australia podcast, where your host, Derek Stewart, interviews the entrepreneurs and founders running the 100 fastest growing new businesses in Australia. On episode 33, I interview Joanna Ward, the co-founder and director of Mayday Recruitment who provide temporary, contract, and permanent recruitment services for business support functions. We discuss how despite working in recruitment, she has never applied for a job in her life and has worked across travel, real estate, fitness, and corporate recruitment in the UK and Australia. How she and two former colleagues decided to start their own business, bringing the care factor back to business support recruitment and the goal to be an employer of choice. How Mayday grew 64% last financial year, to do nearly $4.7 million in annual revenue and become one of the fastest growing new businesses in Australia, with two weddings and five pregnancies on the founding team during that time. If you are looking for temporary, contract and permanent recruitment services or are a job seeker yourself looking for your next opportunity, check out maydayrecruitment.com. That's M-A-Y-D-A-Y-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-M-E-N-T.com. So I'm here with Joanna Ward, the co-founder and director of Mayday Recruitment. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Joanna. Thanks for having me. That's all right. So can you tell us a bit about what were you doing before you started Mayday Recruitment? What did you study? What types of organisations or roles did you work in? Absolutely. Yeah, well, I actually left school earlier than planned um, with an ambitious sparkle in my eye. Uh, I hadn't a clue, to be honest, what I wanted to study. So I felt railroaded into choosing any old subject. So <laughs> decided to uh, follow my heart and complete a two week work experience in a travel agency. And then uh, voila, my first career was actually um, working for them and uh, commencing a career in travel where I spent seven years uh, traveling the world, um, becoming a crew specialist and, and managing at that point, one of the UK's um, premium agencies uh, just at the age of 20. So, um, and then, and, and believe it or not, I've never, even though I'm in recruitment, I've never actually applied for a job in my life. Um, <laughs> everything has just been by chance. And as they say, you know, everything for a reason. So each job has led into the next for me. Um, on that note, one of my elite cruise customers in travel um, one day said to me, uh, I want you to come and work for me. Uh, and, and I'm in property sales, you know, and I, I knew nothing about that mm. uh, or re- real estate, what we, would, what we would call it here. Um, and at the time it was inner city apartment living was booming Um so I ended up joining private builders on site um, to sell multi-million pound uh, real estate, um, which was a mix of new build, off plan and uh, conversions of old listed buildings in England, because we got a lot of those mm-hmm. back there. Um, in addition to that, commercial units. So I loved that life, that lifestyle, not not the weekend work, but um, <laughs> I built a great reputation within within the, the real estate industry there. Um, and then, uh, and then I, I only left there to follow my heart and travel the world at 26 so that was a three-year plan uh, of traveling around the world um probably pick up a husband on the way but uh, um a year and a half into that I reached Sydney and uh and it's been my home now for for almost 14 years so um when I reached Sydney uh not intending to stay here of course and on a working holiday visa at the time um I actually found myself selling fitness first gym memberships (laughs) on the on the street to Mm. supplement uh, travel cash as you do Mm -hmm. Um, 
which led to me signing up a guy to the gym who said you'd be a good recruiter. Um, Mm. Not that I had any idea at the time what recruitment was because majority of the recruitment from where I'm from in the UK, you know, was job centre, shop fronted recruitment, really. It wasn't what the corporate world, what it it is today. And um, I I remember uh, meeting this guy on my lunch break um, who was the friend who was an IT recruiter. He had a business Mm -hmm. in IT recruitment and he offered me a job there and then with sponsorship and a chance to stay. now, although I gave it my best shot in IT recruitment and I love the company I worked for, in fact, we um, we actually share office space with them now. Uh, they're, they're a great bunch of guys. Um, I think I quickly realised that uh, it wasn't re- IT is not really my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and by chance, and, and at that point, uh, by a change in uh, immigration legislation, I did have to move quite quickly to a, a much larger organisation that had in-house sponsorship positions mm-hmm. at the time. So. Um, the first company I met with at that point was, again, through through the IT guy, uh, was a company called Julia Ross. Sorry, I don't know if you want me to mention companies. No, names. that's fine. Yeah, that's all right. Okay. So the, I, I I went to meet, referred over to, to Julia's, Julia Ross, and um, she had and still does have uh, an impeccable reputation in, mm-hmm. in the recruitment space um, across commercial business support temps, perms, you know, she had a, a great government presence and, and, and in specialist areas as well. Mm-hmm. So she was definitely the agency to watch at the time. She was the woman in business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and they offered me a job and I, and I commenced with them back in 2007, 2008 it would have been. Um, quickly realised, yeah, business support was far more suited to my personality. <laughs> so um, I became a successful commercial temp consultant. Eventually then I um, moved on to team leading the North Sydney temp division. And that's where I met my co-founders of Mayday, um, Kat and Imogen, alongside uh, our current MD of Mayday, Lynn, mm-hmm. and permanent team manager, Lizzie as well. So we actually all worked for Julia Ross on different desks in different offices. Uh, and it was like a little family back then. And so it's, it's nice to kind of be that all be back together today yeah wow Um, it's really quite a journey sort of um right if if you don't mind me just rewinding a little bit so you're at high school and obviously there's there's always a lot of pressure when you get to the point end of high school what are you going to do are you going to study you're going to do a trade are you going to join the workforce and and you mentioned you saw you left school you had this travel passion how did you make that sort of decision versus again maybe what some of your friends were doing what other family members were suggesting what sort of prompted that decision to leave and, and to go straight into the workforce Oh, I just think I just think happiness really and mm-hmm. drive and ambition. Look, I I didn't mention my very very first job, which was actually working in a cake shop <laughs> from the age of thirteen. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think I think I always had that um, drive to work, to earn mm-hmm. money, um, to 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 bring something back. And uh, and my parents um, and funnily enough, uh, the parents of my business partners as well are do all have their have their own businesses. So mm-hmm. we've we've kind of grown up um with that lifestyle and and helping out in our parents businesses mm. as well i guess and seeing how that all works so although i didn't have a desire to go into that industry my parents businesses which is logistics mm-hmm. um i guess i i always had that um instilled in me that work ethic instilled in me um, mm. yeah, and i think not knowing what to do mm. I, I didn't have that goal that I, I had to get this degree to be a teacher or i had mm-hmm. to get this degree to do something else 
Was there pressure from your family to join the family business? Or they were just happy for you to get into the marketplace and sort of start earning and being independent? Or what was their take on your decision at the time? Yeah, they've been great and, and absolutely um, support anything I wanted to do at the time. So, no, no pressure at all to go in the family. In fact, I think they, they're glad I didn't. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. um, and so you had a passion, obviously, for travel and working in the travel industry gave you that sort of opportunity. And then was it a eventually you, you sort of you felt there was no growth there, there was a fatigue factor? What made you want to, after, again, a great seven-year um, stint and exploration in the travel space and um, to then sort of change um, change spaces? What triggered that decision? So I think I think then the, the decline in agency, in, in travel agency, so that's when um internet was really internet travel bookings mm. you know that's when that started really so the travel agency started to unfortunately decline um you know people would just come and use us as a benchmark and then go mm. back and book online so that's kind of when it started and obviously what goes hand in hand with that is what used to be great commissions that you mm-hmm. would get or great incentives, you know, we'd go to the Caribbean for $200 for two mm. weeks or, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the benefits we had mm. um, were disappearing. So, um, yeah, it's a sad, sad. Yeah, so, so you sort of got the final golden years, I guess, a little bit of taste yes, of what I the did. good life would have been. And, yeah. and then obviously, yeah, <laughs> nowadays people, again, generally book their own travel and that sort of corner travel okay. agency and big even corporate travel agency, I think, uh, a, a sort of um, a bit of a thing of the past now. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you got a little taste of that and obviously some, you know, um, great experience. And, and then um, when you were doing that travelling phase of your life, did you ever go to Australia at that point or was it in that sort of working abroad that was the first time you came to Australia? I actually did. I um, I, I went through through being a, a, a manager of, of that agency. I um, attended a brochure launch um, at the age of 18 and won a, an all expenses trip um, to Australia and New Zealand um, mm. for about four and a half weeks. Yeah. So I, I had visited Sydney um, previously um, and, and to be honest, never thought I'd ever live here. Mm. Yeah. Kind of weird. I loved Australia, but it's just, you know, um yeah never thought i'd end up um a citizen yeah. <laughs> but then but then my 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 dad was a 10 pound palm back in the day so um, <laughs> maybe we were always meant to be here <laughs> yeah full, full circle um and, and then so again you, you've you've sort of navigated these different industries different career paths got into recruitment you like recruitment got into the the right sort of specialty within recruitment you're in this great agency you're doing great and then what's going through the mind of you and, and your then colleagues at the time that you wanted to sort of step out and start your own business? Was there a trigger event, something that made you think, hey, we can do this better? Was there some, um, was there one of you leading it and the others followed? Were you all kind of in it together? How did that sort of decision to strike out on your own come about? Yeah, look, I think back in 2011, Julia sold um, her businesses and she returned to London. So um, at the time, it was uh, most of us left and we, mm-hmm. we, went to different agencies and we you know we climbed the personal development ladder and and you know I ended up becoming a business leader across mm-hmm. two business units in the agency I was at the others did the same and and although we remained friends mm-hmm. we were actually then competition we were in mm. a competitive market but we always kept in touch mm. um and I think that um we have we all have different reasons but personally following mm-hmm. a number of, of internal 
structure changes in that in the workplace I was I guess some uninspiring leadership and, and, <laughs> and not really any budget for um for initiatives that we used to have mm. back in the day um you know I felt it was time to make some decisions and and to be honest it was a call from the girls from Cat and Imogen I was the last call um to talk about this um you know we realized there was a huge gap in our industry which was the care factor it had mm. completely disappeared you know I don't think there was much acknowledgement in the space that we operated which was business support mm-hmm. um there was a there's, there always is and has been which is gratefully needed but uh, you know a focus on you know IT and and audit finance and all different areas but it was almost like there was no acknowledgement there um and there was no care factor there was no fast turnaround anymore you know um and so we wanted to bring it back bring back what we what we knew um and so we were itching for something more and and there it is one phone call and uh, May Day uh, was in planning and then we launched on the 4th of July in 2016 Okay. And was there part of you that, again, you've worked in different companies, you've been quite adventurous in travel and jumping industries when you can see something's not got a bright future, maybe it's in the decline, like the travel industry, agency industry was. Mm. Was there part of you, though, that didn't want to let go of that comfort of a a salary, a big brand name, or was it just, yep, I'm ready to go and and that was sort of what you'd been waiting for and you sort of jumped straight in? How, How did you sort of feel, I guess, when you got that phone call? Absolutely. Um, and I mean, you know, we're all at the stage of our lives uh, that we want to start wanting to start families. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we um, we all had the same, you know, focus points at that stage. Um, but I guess it was kind of almost a now or never, you mm. know, um, let's let's do it. And and, you know, and our networks are solid enough Um you know, we don't want to answer to anyone else anymore. We want to do it how we want to do it. And, um, and yeah, I thought, I don't think necessarily, necessarily it was a decline in the businesses we were working in. Uh, we just wanted something different. Mm. Um, we didn't want to answer to anyone other than ourselves <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and, um, Okay, so you've made the decision, you know, you can do it better, there's a lack, there's apathy, you can add that extra special care factor um, and, and that extra above and beyond to, and you've already got the networks, you've got the experience, there's four of you, so again, it, it's not sort of relying on one person. And then you all imagine, you know, sort of incorporate, get a little office space or just start working from What's that first 12 months like? Once you've you've pulled the ripcord, you've jumped, you're all in it together, you've got each other's support, but essentially, you know, you've lost the support of, of the large sort of, again, uh, salary and, and corporate sort of um, banner above you. Um, what was that first twelve months like? The good and the bad. Yeah, I mean, an absolute roller coaster. You know, a, um, a roller coaster of excitement, um, learning curves. You know, very good, but also really bad decisions that were made. Um, you know, and it was certainly a test on our resilience at the time. Um, you know, we were three huge players in the commercial temp space in recruitment. Um, and we were joining forces and that wasn't going to be embraced by competition, you know. Um, and and I think I think the saving grace was that we stuck together. We received overwhelming support from family and friends and our networks, which really saw us through, um, you know, becoming one of those fastest growing businesses um, because we had to adapt. Um, we did everything, 
you know above board in terms of abiding by you know you know our our, our restraint mm. uh, periods and you know that means that in in recruitment and in most industries you, you know when you have contracts like that you, you need to go out and and you know and, and find new business mm. you're starting from scratch and um and you know that's what we did and we yeah it was a roller coaster but um and was there a particular sort of hard point in that first year maybe where you guys thought can we do it can we not or or was it just kind of at the time flew by or was there a particular low point where you thought maybe you know our our theory's wrong you know we we care about things that the clients don't care about or or we're positioned it wrongly or again was there any of those sort of doubts or or we ever came close to sort of going back or it was all stations ahead um yeah I don't think really I think I think what happened to us probably unexpectedly was that um you know we two of us out of three became pregnant in that first year (laughs) at the same time um so you know that actually made it wasn't a low point it was an amazing point but that Mm. I guess would lead us into into you know possibly a next question which is where what accelerated us to Mm. make changes really early on um and and I think because we all bring different strengths to the table um it was really instrumental in those early days in creating a solid and stable foundation for growth and success. You know, one of us may be great at, you know, at bringing in that, that, that new business. The other Mm -hmm. one is the person that really looks really, you know, gets down on, on the, on the terms of business and looks Mm. at the contracts and figures out how best to do this while the other one, you know, looks at the facts and figures. So yeah, we we all bring something different. And, and, um, and I think, you know, over the past four years, um, we've successfully executed two weddings and delivered no less than five (laughs) babies. So I think um, multitask is the next level (laughs) really. So um, that I wouldn't say a low point, but challenging Mm. points. Yeah, and like you said, I guess um, adapting through necessity and almost, I guess, not having time to, to slow down or consider and, and ponder, but to just kind of keep pushing and, and sort of uh, going ahead, which is fantastic. And, and so, again, your company made the uh, Fin Review Fast Starters, growing 64% uh, revenue last financial year and um, getting close to $5 million in annual turnover. So what was that experience like, that rapid growth while you've got babies, weddings, lots of other things, the normal ups and downs yeah. of business life, clients? staff how was that rapid growth the the good and the bad of sort of suddenly really growing and booming and succeeding yeah um as i said um we we all knew we were at that stage in life but we didn't know it was gonna uh, be two of us at the same time so you know on a positive that really accelerated our hiring and training Mm -hmm. of new consultants um subsequently then the hire of of our md and good friend lynn um Mm -hmm. of course we 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 knew lynn from our previous agency so she joined during that transition um but it was also a great time to establish that people leadership Mm -hmm. um and she is our people leader today, so she manages the team um, and has developed them to what to what they are today, which is an amazing team. Um, you know, having that those new consultants, um, new management, new systems, processes, and, and, and an ever changing industry as well in terms of legislation, mm-hmm. um, as well as pregnancy hormones, you know, <laughs> did throw many challenges our way. But mm. um, I think always valuing each other's opinion, mm-hmm. um, embracing each other's ideas uh, and making decisions as a leadership team really helped us to overcome those challenges. So, um, 
yeah, it, it's, it's, I can't really think, they're, they're obviously bad times, but we always overcame them. So mm. I think we're, re- we're a really positive organisation. Mm. Um, and I think that's why, you know, we've been able to retain great staff as well, because we, we don't like, like I just mentioned to you off air, you know, with COVID, we, we, we it's not doom and gloom. Like mm. the events that we've run have been positive and, um, yeah, and bringing a bit of lighthearted um, to everything really, so. Yeah, that's really great to hear. Um, and, and so you've won a number of awards, Best Agency oh, I'm for so Canada. sorry, I missed I'm so sorry. Can I That's just go right. back to that? I yeah. a chunk. Yeah, so it's just um, saying, so you've won. Oh, oh sorry, your answer, yeah? Talking yeah. about the, sorry, talking about the growth, um, mm-hmm. last year's year-on-year growth was consistent with the previous two years as well because mm-hmm. um, we've grown by over 50% mm. year-on-year. I just wanted to, to mention to you that the recruitment industry as a whole, up until COVID, um, you know, has been doing really well. It's a buoyant mm. job market. Um, and we have a reputation for service and looking after clients and candidates. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've continued to grow our teams and in turn have been able to then grow our customer base, um, mm-hmm. fill more jobs and earn more revenue. So I think, you know, increasing those consultants then brings on more business. Um We've actually added two more business units to Mayday mm-hmm. as well in our Mayday group, mm-hmm. Mayday recruitment group. Um, so as well as the core business, we have uh, Mayday recruitment. We also have Mayday consulting, which focuses on um, volume recruitment, so mm-hmm. projects and, and digital assessments, because mm-hmm. uh, we do fill some huge um, projects for some of our clients. And um, more recently, we've, uh, we have Mayday Blue as well, which is blue collar mm-hmm. uh, trades and electrical too so that that helps us to service clients who may have corporate head offices but also need that blue collar um service as well so yeah so that's kind of uh where we're at now yeah so that sort of additional lines of business has helped with the growth as well as like you said being yeah. able to let go as an owner by necessity and sort of hire people to, to run things so yeah. you're not a, a key sort of bottleneck um in things and so Again, consistent growth, but also, I guess, continuing to adapt and, and look at the market trends and see what your clients need, listening to your clients, and also delivering a great service has sort of, I guess, fueled that ongoing sort of mm-hmm. success. All right. And, and so, yeah, I was saying, you, as you've mentioned, you've won a number of awards, uh, Best Agency for Candidate Experience, Best Agency for Client Service. Um, I'm sure yourself, a lot of your team are often on LinkedIn and you see sometimes some negative sentiment towards recruiters on LinkedIn and it's not always an industry mm. that sort of, um, you know, again, you get uh, the whole range of players like any industry, good, um, good and bad. How have you guys been able to, I guess, um, again, really deliver with scale, which is always hard in a people-focused service business, maintain that boutique excellence and sort of hand-holding while also growing to be a, a large sort of player? Yeah, I think a number of reasons, to be honest. Uh, first off, internally, we hire people who have a focus on customer service mm-hmm. um, and they really care about their clients and the candidates. Um, and we really delve into this interview stage. Absolutely, recruitment is a sales job, um, but it's it's the customer service mentality and type of person that bodes well in our in our organisation more so than the the you know cowboy type salesperson <laughs> that's just banging out calls. That's mm. not what we look for because we want a great service level and communication to our clients and candidates. Um, 
we obviously when we bring on our consultants we do have the mayday experience and um, i do champion that um you know the 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 client experience the candidate experience and we do have a lot of quality assurance in place um we a year back a year and a half, two years ago, implemented um, a software platform, a platform called Recruiter Insider, which mm-hmm. monitors um, uh, feedback, um, and that's contributed to us winning those awards, um, the Recruitment International Awards for Candidate and Client Service. Um, so that's based on data. It's not just because someone, you know, said they're great. It's actually mm-hmm. based on um, data that comes through from all all. Um, at all stages of the mm-hmm. process from interview right the way through to placement um, we reward behaviors and positive customer feedback as well so um you know we, we're constantly speaking to our customers finding out what they want we mm-hmm. we want to you know we listen we want to improve we want to adapt um the directors um although we don't uh, we still do recruit mm-hmm. to an extent but we do account manage um a lot of those um clients mm-hmm. um so our consultants will recruit on a day-to-day basis, but we're still very much involved at that at that senior level. Uh, we get involved. Um, we make sure you know the service levels are adhered to, uh, and we we ask for feedback. We do regular account reviews, and we, you know we're always across things. Um, we like to give back. We run a lot of industry initiatives, uh, breakfast events. You know, we do. Uh, we recently hosted our very first virtual women in leadership event. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. It's wine and cheese evenings. You know, that's got a huge following. We embrace women in business, and, and we're involved in in trying to raise the bar. Because, like you said, it's it's sometimes tarred with a negative brush. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think sometimes it, people end up with a very short-term focus when, you know, it's about the placement, it's about the role, they sort of get it and move on, but it sounds like you've been able to really stretch out that time horizon um, because, again, you're owners and you've got a longer-term vision and, and you're looking for the repeat business, the referrals, the people who are happy to work with you again, not the sort of one-time transaction. You really want that ongoing and a, you know, positive, happy um, improvement, improving, growing relationship. And that's why you're not sort of, I guess, rushing and pressuring either your clients or your, your staff mm. in that way that sometimes the recruitment industry um, sort of has that reputation for. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just a, a quick sort of detour, it's a bit unique, I, I guess, in my mind to, to have four owners of the business. It's not never done, especially in a sort of professional services where it's a bit more of a partnership model versus like a, a sort of CEO, co-CEO or COO, COO type um, partnership. Um, was that, again, a, a sort of deliberate decision just because there were four of you and it was never sort of seen as an issue or, or was there some concern, is it the, you know, the too many chefs ruining the broth sort of, uh, you know, four different decision makers? Was that at all thought of in sort of pros, cons um, in, in that structure? Yeah, look, I think, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're all very different. The, the three co-founders, uh, myself, Kat and Imogen, mm-hmm. um, look, I think that um, Kat and Imogen actually worked together um, in our previous agency in the same office. I, I didn't. And we all covered different areas. Um, and also, you know, it, it's worrying because when you're friends with people, it's mm. like, do you go into business with friends? <laughs> you know, how, how's this going to work? But I think that I think that we all knew that two is a number where you could, you know, you could lock heads really, mm. you know, three is a good number because you're always going to have the majority of rules or you, there's always going to be, 
it was going to come to that There's always decision. a tiebreaker, yeah, never a push on 50-50, yeah, left yeah. and right. It's sort of there's that third person yeah. who can weigh in. Exactly. Um, and so that's why we, we went ahead with the three of us. And, and like I said, we're very, very different, different personalities, different um different strengths um you know we, we internally we joke you know imogen's the, the director of fun you know <laughs> i'm the director of care and cats the, the director of sales you know mm. all very different um that we can bring to the table and then lynn who'd actually um who's our md but who'd actually exited recruitment for a while mm. and moved into finance um came came back you know um to the industry uh, um you know in that originally that gm position and, and now is our md so um she brings something again completely different um she's um being that people leader she sometimes is that voice of reason <laughs> you know that we need so i think i think that there are negatives in it yes it's challenging you know four of us have got to approve something <laughs> not always but if it's a big decision yeah you know four of us have got to meet and approve on something but um but no i think it worked i think it works well and i think it, mm. it has helped us to grow so quickly mm. and to broaden those networks um and our reputations as well yeah because otherwise as well it's a lot of responsibility for one person driving sales driving operations again maybe driving hiring driving the, the pnl but with that sort of separation of skills and experience and personalities it's sort of complementary um it sounds Absolutely. like and that's why we needed we needed lynn's mm -hmm. role there because otherwise having a team of consultants that had three directors you mm -hmm. know we still communicate a lot with the team but it's it's so important to have that one point of contact for them mm. and that's why Lynn's the people leader. Yeah, excellent. And so zooming out a little bit from recruitment, mm -hmm. what sort of trends mm -hmm. do you see in entrepreneurship in Australia? You know, you've lived overseas, worked in different industries, I'm sure dealt with corporate clients, dealt with fast growth sort of um, scale-ups, entrepreneurs as well. What do you think maybe Australian entrepreneurs and business owners are doing well and, and maybe where is there sort of room for improvement? Yeah, look, you will have to forgive me because I've just returned from another maternity leave. So I haven't really um, been, I, I guess, uh, in the corporate world for a, a few months. Um, but, and then COVID hit. But I mean, what I will say that over the past few years, I've noticed a lot, a lot of people doing what we call the side hustle. Mm -hmm. um, so really keeping their main income. Um, some people, of course, reducing down to part time, but, mm -hmm. you know, for that security, but also pursuing the passion that they have on the side, whether that be florist or, you know, cake mm. baking or whatever mm. it may be. You know, we work with a lot of what we'll call almost career temps and mm -hmm. they or they want flexible work so that it fits in with their business ventures. Um, so we see that a lot. So it's not like a full on, you know, wow, I'm launching a business. It's more of that gentle baby steps mm. um you know and it, those businesses that are never going to be probably huge but it's mm. going to maintain you know that that um that passion and that second revenue stream um i also see it as trend at the, at the moment i think in collaboration more so you know mm. um i think collaboration myself personally i think it's outlived competition you know mm. i think better to join forces with someone that does something really well than try and do something that you just no good at so I see that a lot lately you know partnering up with people who are good at it mm -hmm. um you know and then it's a win-win situation you know and it's becoming the new way forward you know we 
we you know we had an opportunity to um to to add May Day Blue um to our group and you know we weren't gonna try and tell anyone that we knew anything about electricians you know so we <laughs> we we brought people into who 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 know their stuff and, mm. um, and was that through like an acquisition of a boutique that focused on that or was that just through hiring yeah, like a, a yeah, sort of business unit yeah there? through opportunity yes and you know and at the moment we um we work really closely with a client of ours who are you know a, a boutique it um organization very similar values to ours um that just helps us to broaden our offering to mm. our clients right now again during this time you know um during a time of uncertainty i guess that we're mm. all still in you know we, we've never recruited in in the it space um but now you know we can if you know or we can we've got a partner that you know that can um, and vice versa so i think it's just all about um yeah collaboration over competition Hmm. And it's an interesting point you made about people, again, having some of these side uh, businesses, side ideas. And have you seen that in the terms of maybe like a three or four day a week job, which perhaps in the past was maybe less desirable for some people. Now people are a lot more keen to do it because they have other things. So they're actually looking for those sort of more flexible opportunities versus again maybe taking it because there's no full time roles available. Or is that where you've sort of seen that play out the most? Absolutely. Yeah. People are looking for that. That's the preference. And I think that in recent times, showing that we can work remotely um, Mm. because we've had to, Mm. that's really going to help the side hustle. As I said, (laughs) you know, it's really going to help people that way because they 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 can and that's going to give more flexibility for people that are working at home Mm. um, or from home um, to be able to, you know, to mix it up and be flexible with the days that they can, you know, that they can um, focus on their day job and then the days that they um, they focus on the passion. Hmm. And so, again, looking back, having done a whole bunch of excellent uh, work in different companies, different roles, different geographies, what advice would you give to your sort of 18 or 20-year-old self who, again, has sort of jumped in the deep end, doing well, but, you know, sort of knowing what you know now, perhaps, what would you sort of advise that, um, 18 or 20 year old version of you dare I say it I think I think I would have I would have embraced technology a little more at a younger age um, maybe I wouldn't be as fearful of it now um, <laughs> but you know I probably as well would have invested more money into property instead of expensive shoes but <laughs> otherwise I otherwise I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it's gone mm. I think that every challenge that we've faced that I faced personally over all these years of you know, all those jobs that I fell into and, and all those experiences that I've had, um, you know, I'm one of those believers that, yeah, you know, it's great. And I'm, and I'm all for um, you're supportive of people that, you know, that that study at university and and, and learn so much mm-hmm. and, and come out with degrees. But I still think as well that world travel uh, is a degree in itself. Mm. So, um, you know, all those experiences that you have. So I think every challenge we face will make us stronger. And, and yeah, I'm pleased with that journey, really. Mm. Um, makes sense now. <laughs> it yeah. all makes sense to yeah. me. Yeah, once all the dots are, are there, it's easier to see the connection when you look back <laughs> and sort of tie it all, all together. And, and just a, so a final one to finish on, sort of looking forward to the future. Um, obviously a bit of uncertainty at the moment, but, but in the high level, five to 10 year sort of vision uh, for yourself and your co-founders um what does may day recruitment look like perhaps in, in five to ten years 
Yeah, I think definitely a focus on industries that have held well through COVID and through a mm-hmm. time like this. Um, you know, that that the types of industries we're talking about, insurance, financial services, um, you know, a real focus on those and building building up teams within those those industries. We've recently um been approved as a New South Wales government supplier as well, mm-hmm. which is very exciting. So we're in the process of onboarding. Um so that hopefully we'll um we'll really be able to um build a great desk and a great presence there um we want to continue you know to innovate to bring new service offerings to market um whether that be through you know the digital assessments that we offer um you know we run temp clinics you know uh to answer questions we want to get involved in you know in other networks you know in in certain space um interstate presence i think as well you know Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be an office on the ground anymore. I think we've proved that we've proved that we can work remotely, but you know, interstate, we do recruit nationally. Mm-hmm. Um, but having that, having someone on the ground, perhaps in, you know, Melbourne, maybe even, um, especially for us and especially for our industry, having, um, a lot of, uh, consultants from overseas, from the UK, mm-hmm. Ireland, mm-hmm. maybe even looking at London, um, you know, so that we can offer as another offering, you know, to, to consultants, you know, especially at the moment when you can't, uh, the visas that we offer don't lead to permanent residency. Mm-hmm. So eventually any, any visa holders that we sponsor will have to return. It'd be great for them to return to May Day potentially in, in the UK. So, so to have uh, a, a partner office, it's essentially the mirror image doing the same thing. But yeah. again, if they'll want a second between them, they can go in both directions. Exactly. You know, and then everything that we've put into that, all of the training, all of the mm-hmm. knowledge, yeah, it does, it's not wasted because immigration <laughs> aren't uh, providing a PR visas. Um, you know, we really want brand recognition for service and we want to be mm-hmm. ultimately an employer of choice. So, mm. Um, you know, we're really seeing some great tenure with our, our people at the moment. Some will be hitting long service marks, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and as, you know, employer of choice and I think agency of choice is definitely mm. the end goal. Um, and hopefully we will on the way. <laughs> yeah, it so- sounds really good. And obviously it's been a great journey so far and lots of exciting times ahead. And, and do you have any final words about anything you'd like to sort of leave the audience with? Um. No, I haven't thought of any final words. <laughs> Sorry, probably I, I, I would if I. Uh, Maybe a life um, motto, something you live by, something you like to. If, if there's a certain a thing that. <laughs> Do I have a life motto? Um, not a life motto. There's a recent May Day one. We're we're at one of the initiatives we're um we're launching coming out of COVID is um a recovery pack that mm-hmm. we're. Uh, that we're going to be delivering to to clients and candidates, and we needed a motto um, to go on the on the gift card, and I and I I said right, Mayday, um, here for you in crisis, there with you in recovery. So mm, there you go. I like it. <laughs> the name like the, it. the name rings true. <laughs> yeah, excellent. All right, thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Future of Australia podcast. If you liked the episode, please subscribe and leave a review in iTunes. To learn more about the Future of Australia project, check out futureofaustralia.com. To reach out to Derek directly, you can email derek at futureofaustralia.com. That's D-E-R-E-K at futureofaustralia.com.